When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Live Free Creative, the podcast that provides inspiration and ideas for living a creative, adventurous, and intentional lifestyle. I'm your host, Miranda Anderson, and I hope that each time you listen, you feel a little bit more free to live your life exactly the way you want to live it. Hello there, friends. Welcome back to Live Free Creative. I'm your host, Miranda Anderson. You're listening to episode number 91 of the Live Free Creative podcast. I'm super excited today to have a chance to interview someone who I love and admire, my friend Elise Kripe. Now, you may have noticed that I've been doing a few more interviews than usual. I think part of that is that I am craving conversation. (laughs) And so inviting people who I admire and who I love who have really incredible stories and information and tips to share is has been really fulfilling to me during this time of social distancing. And I hope that the information that we're sharing through these interviews is also really helpful to you. I appreciate and love the nature of a solo show where I have some specific things that I want to share and talk about and and impart to you. And I also have really appreciated the flexibility of being able to invite some friends onto the show every once in a while to share them with you. Sometimes I think, I'm going to do a show all about this thing that I heard someone say or this movement that someone else is doing and and that feels like a really good fit for me to just talk about it. And sometimes like today, I see someone doing something that I love that is making an impact on my life as well and I decide I would rather have them talk about it and in the meantime, I get to talk to them about it and that is how today's interview came about. Before I dive in and tell you a little bit more about Elise and what we're going to be talking about today in our interview, I want to share a couple peaks of the week. Something that I have loved so much during the quarantine that I love anyway, but it's felt especially delicious in the last couple months for me to curl up with a good book. My reading this year has been at an all-time high. I set a goal in January to read 100 books this year. I actually had never set a reading goal before, so I wasn't sure exactly the pace, you know, how many books I was going through on a regular basis. I've just never kept track of it. And so far, I have read 43 books this year and loved most of them, which may mean that I'm a really good book picker. It also may mean that I'm fairly easy to please when it comes to my book choices. Either way, I'm working on a great blog post that's going to share all of the books that I'm reading and a short review as I do that that will be sort of a resource for people who are curious about what I happen to be reading. And today I want to share four of those with you. Some of the most recent reads that I have devoured and loved. And I mention a couple of these in the interview today with Elise. And so I wanted to just talk about them a little bit here at the beginning of the episode and also make sure that you are aware that the links for these books are all in the show notes and you can go check them out there if you want just an easy place to access them. That's at livefreecreative.co slash podcast. I'm going to share two books that I've read recently that 
are nonfiction memoir style books and two that are some of the most enjoyable fiction that I've read in a while. So I'm going to start with nonfiction. The first book I want to mention is Unburdened by Glennon Doyle. If you're unfamiliar with her, you're just going to have to Google and see that she's got this incredible history, backstory, uh, lots and lots going on. And this book is a really poignant book about being true to yourself, about asking yourself what you want, how you want to live, and not relying so much on other people's opinions and ideas about your life. Now, she shares this through the lens of her own unique life and her own unique example, which, of course, is the only way that that kind of information can be shared. The book caused me a lot of reflection, and it was really entertaining to read. She's a great writer, but it also she asks a lot of really interesting questions and makes a lot of interesting points about how we've been domesticated by the messaging around us. And you know that I feel this really deeply when it comes to consumerism and our consumer culture, that we often are driven to purchase things that we might not want, need, or like, or love because of some outside messaging that says that it's something that we should have. And so we just sort of pick it up. This takes it to a deeper level when we ask ourselves that about how we're living and who we're surrounding ourselves with and what we really like in the deepest part of ourselves, what what that purpose is and, and how we can live that out in a more fulfilling way. So I loved this book and I thought it was really interesting. And then I went straight from that book, the next nonfiction book that I read is the new Alicia Keys memoir. It's called More Myself. I don't think it's the first book that Alicia Keys has written, but it's the first book of hers that I have read, and I absolutely loved it. I like Alicia Keys. I think her music is incredible. I've, you know, so many of her songs are like the anthems of the last 15 years for us. So many of them are memorable. They're things that whether or not you think of yourself as an Alicia Keys fan that you would be able to sing along with because they were such huge, huge hits and she's so talented. It was really fun to hear about her story, where she came from, how she thought of herself as a child, how the circumstances that led to her becoming musical, playing music, having opportunities or not having opportunities, um, the awakenings that she had all along the journey. I particularly felt inspired by a couple times when she realized that the only way that she could get a clear head was to just have some time away and press pause on her life to go explore something a little deeper. And that's something that I have found in my own life that I've done a couple retreats by myself. I have uh, known instinctively sometimes in my life when I just needed to press pause in order to achieve a level of introspection that just wasn't possible in the hubbub of life. And especially as you know, the world right now is in this great pause it's an interesting perspective, and I loved her thoughts. She's just so thoughtful and poignant, and it was really a beautiful read, and I, I appreciated it. So let me tell you about a couple fiction books that I couldn't put down and that I actually just keep waiting for the next chapter. The first one I want to mention is just this super fun, funny, lighthearted fiction novel called Would Like to Meet. Would Like to Meet. It's by Rachel Winters who I had not heard of before. This was one of the last books that I picked up at the library before everything closed down. We, I'd taken the kids to the library early March, right after I got back from a trip, and we you know, gathered our books for what we thought would be the next week or two weeks. I usually grabbed like a stack of five or six books to go through you know, over a couple weeks. And I was lucky enough to grab this one off of the shelf, Would Like to Meet, and it is just really cute and light and fun and funny. I loved the characters. I 
found myself just being in love with the characters. And that is something that really draws me into a, a novel like this. And when it ended, I wished there was more. I, I finished it thinking, gosh, I would love to read a sequel to just find out what happens because I loved the stories so much. So that is the first fiction I want to share. The second fiction is actually a young adult novel that I read recently that's called The Hazelwood. Now, this was like an acclaimed bestseller in 2019. So you may have heard of it. You may have already read it. If you haven't, this veers outside of my normal genre. I mean, I guess I don't have, I, I read lots of things, but this is a young adult fantasy mystery novel, which is not something I ever would have pinned myself for liking. And it get it gets a little dark here and there, which you may love that. I traditionally have shied away from that, but it's done really interestingly and delicately. And it walks the line of uh, fact and, and fiction and, and this creative imaginative world and then what you might relate to as you know something in your in your own life or your own experience I have to say so this is this the Hazelwood is by Melissa Albert it's her debut novel which is crazy and it is so well written even as I was like ooh, I'm getting a little like you know it's a little creepy I was totally swept away by the writing I have found myself thinking about it and thinking about just how incredibly creative the whole storyline and the idea of the book is. It's really fun. And I just looked it up to tell you the name of the author and discovered that there is a sequel that I haven't read yet, but I'm going to order it. It's called The Night Country. And so this takes these same characters and the same sort of world. And I'm excited to see what happens. So there are four highly recommended reads from me, you know, one of them might fit one of your moods lately. What I recommend is grabbing a good book, getting yourself a cup of something warm or cold, depending on where you live, curling up on the couch or even better on a patio or a porch swing or in a blanket in the grass and reading in the middle of the day. Just give yourself an hour or two in the middle of a day let your kids run wild around you and just give yourself some time to escape into a good book. Now let me introduce you to Elise Kripe. I was so lucky to meet Elise a couple years ago in San Diego as part of a craft video session with the Crafters Box, which is an awesome company. I'll link in the show notes. You can check out more about that. Elise had been blogging for a long time, just like I had, and she also had opened up an online shop. She has sold everything from letterpress prints to wood plant stands, but the thing that has tied it all together is that she is really exceptional at setting and accomplishing goals. This realization led Elise to, in 2015, launch the brand Get to Workbook, which is a planner that provides the tools to help people get organized and do the work to reach them. She believes that big things happen one day at a time, and her products are all designed to help people do that. She also is the author of Big Dreams Daily Joys, which is an empowering guide to establishing healthy productivity habits so that they're really fun. I love the title of that, Big Dreams Daily Joys. Take all those big things that you want to accomplish and break them down so that every single day you get to enjoy your life. If you have loved this podcast, you will love this book, Big Dreams, Daily Joys. Elise and I share a lot of really similar 
principles when it comes to setting goals, um, accomplishing things, and also understanding that none of it matters unless you feel fulfilled and that you're doing the things that really matter to you. Elise lives in San Diego, California with her husband and two young daughters. She just got chickens, which we'll talk about a little bit. So fun. Um, And you can follow her on Instagram at Elise Joy. I'll also make sure that we link to everything, her website, the Get to Work book site, um, her book, and everything in the show notes. So you can check that all out at livefreecreative.co slash podcast. The reason that I reached out to Elise specifically regarding this interview for this episode of the podcast was because of a tool that she shares in Big Dreams Daily Joys that she has been using daily during the pandemic. It's called The Three Things. And this is one of those blow your mind because it's so simple but makes such an impact principles that I just can't get enough of. So I dive into asking Elise about the origin of the three things, how she's using it right now and in other times in her life, and how it is so, so helpful to just get some clarity and motivation, especially during a time like this when things can feel a little bit uncertain and it's hard to know how and what to plan. Let's jump in. Here is my conversation with Elise Kripe. Okay, I'm here with Elise Kripe. So excited to talk to you today. How are you, Elise? I'm good. I'm good in in quarantine adjusted terms. I think that's what I need to say. Yeah, Yeah, I know. I think that we all need that a little bit, right? It's like everything's great with a grain of salt, but like everything isn't normal, but but it can be great still. Yeah, for sure. For those of my audience who don't know you, I am going to encourage them to find you and follow you and to read your book, Big Dreams, Daily Joys. There's, you offer so much goodness, so much framework, I think is a great way to talk about it that you, I think we're similar in our messaging that we don't want people to live like we live, but we want people to feel like they have the tools to live the way they want to live, the way that will feel good and right for them and offer them the most amount of fulfillment and, and satisfaction in their daily lives. Yep. And especially in the last couple of months. So let's just like give the audience a little rundown. Of you and yeah, why don't you tell us about sure. yourself and what, um, like kind of how you find yourself right now in quarantine? Yes, so I live in San Diego, I have two little girls, you can kind of hear one. Um, one is almost seven, and one is four and a half. And my husband is in the Navy, and in late February, he deployed. I thought that I would be spending most of 2020 by myself with the girls and getting the girls to school every day and picking them up and doing bath time and dinners and weekends. And I thought that was going to be hard. And then obviously in California, we shut down March 15th. And so my girls are no longer in school um, or daycare and they are both home all day. Thankfully, my brother, he has like a kind of seasonal work schedule and he's an accountant. So he does this tax season and then he does different things in the summer. And so he was able to come down. So I have another grown up in my house. I'm not fully losing my mind, but Paul's gone and I'm trying, my my husband, Paul is gone. So I'm trying to work from home. I'm trying to keep the girls going. And we were right about to do a remodel of our downstairs kind of basement area. And we had all these things planned and everything scheduled and so much of it paid for, I don't have a door on my bedroom. Like there's so many things that <laughs> that we were like kind of in the middle, of course, you know, like yeah. every single person. And now it's like, this is nothing like I expected. And I thought it was going to be hard before. And I had no idea how difficult it would actually be. Yeah. I mean, that is the reality of like everything stopping mm-hmm. kind of like on a dime, like you're, yeah. we're headed one direction and all of a sudden 
there is a road closure and it's like this detour that you don't even know where you're headed. Like, you don't right. even know what the, you know, where is the next turn going to go? And I, like, exactly. I it's even, a detour. It's a detour, but there's like no detour signs. So you're yeah. just like going around. <laughs> yeah. Figure it out. Like get hit another roadblock, figure it out. Yeah, totally. Tell us a little bit about your work, your yes. book and the good to get to work book. Cause I think that that gives a really good background on why it's so fun to talk to you specifically because you're like this efficiency expert. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my, my quick background, I, I work for myself. I started a blog in 2005. I, I never really knew what the thread of my work was. I just knew I liked to do a lot of things and kind of share about them like all over the place and sewing and crafting and taking pictures and like just everything. And then in 2014, my first daughter was a year old and I realized that the thread that tied all of my work together was goal setting. So it what brought together all of my little side projects and, and different things was that once I kind of made that connection, I was like, oh, like this is what I do. I set goals. That became the focus of my work. And in 2015, I launched a planner called Get to Workbook. And it's a day planner um, where you have like normal weekly spreads, but then there's different sort of goal setting, project breakdown, taking time to reflect and look forward. There's a lot of those features in it too. Uh, so Get to Workbook kind of helps people plan. It helps me plan. Uh, and then last October, I launched a book with Chronicle Books called Big Dreams, Daily Joys. And that's all about um, setting goals and then using goal setting to find fun daily joys um, in your normal life. And so my whole business, everything I do is about planning. When <laughs> so ironic. <laughs> yeah. Like in the beginning, when this was very first going, like when I first realized this is going to happen um, and everything was shutting down, I had to launch, I had to do pre-order for my planner for the July to June, 2020 to 2021. And I realized I need to launch this now because things are going to get worse every day and people will feel less hopeful every day. And so it was important to me to just get it out there as terrible as the time was because I knew we were only going to get worse. It was like, how do I help people plan this unplannable nightmare? I don't know. You know, I'm like, I'm like learning, I'm learning as we go here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I love, I mean, I love and use, um, big dreams, daily joys. Like I, it's one of those books that I like, re I refer to, I'm like, Oh my gosh, awesome. there's like a thing that awesome. I remember at least talking about and I'll go find it. And you know, but one of the tools that you share that is so simple in the book, but you've turned it into what feels like a framework for living this big dreams, daily joys during this time where it is unplannable and it is hard to know what's coming mm -hmm. is something that you call the three things, right? Yeah. yeah. So shortly after my daughter Ellery was born, um, I was super overwhelmed. I mean, new mom overwhelmed, but it felt like a different level of, of it. And so I used the three things to the night before I went to bed, I would come up with three simple things I was going to do the next day. So, you know, a load of laundry or send some thank you notes or order something you know, some new sheet or something because she ruined the first one. So really simple goals. And it was a way to kind of step back and feel like I had some sort of control over what was happening. And it, it really helped. Like it really helped get me out of it. It really helped me, you know, move forward on those days that felt so long and so confusing. And so when this all happened, I spent the first week of quarantine, you know, my kids home truly on my couch, like unmotivated, not sure what I was going to do and just scrolling the news, which felt like it was changing every four seconds. So it felt interesting, but it was really hard. And so then that next Saturday after the first week, I was like, I'm going to do the three things. I shared it. 
And then I started sharing more, like in my stories, I made these little simple templates that people can use if they wanted to do the three things. And then I made a notepad. I have a local printer here in San Diego that's social distance and he was able to print them. And so now I've been selling those notepads and I'm hearing from people and it's really helping, which is amazing, but it really helps me. So I believe that it helps people because it helps me so much. Yeah. And something that I, I noticed with Ellery and something I've noticed now is once you start doing the three things, once you get in the rhythm and you get in the habit, uh, it can become less necessary because you get over that hump of, I'm not in control. Like no, there's nothing I can do. You get over that kind of anxiety and you become a little bit more functional um, as time goes on. I love that. One of my favorite things watching you do the three things and doing it in my own life, actually previous to seeing your three things, one, I always tried to have a one thing. And it was just, and I'm pretty efficient and goal oriented as well. And for, for some reason, having one thing, I felt like I could accomplish it and have done something where I'm like, Oh good, I did something, but I would usually go on and do several more things, but just paring it down to like one thing made it feel like, okay, at least if everything goes wrong, which, you know, with kids and life and sometimes even the weather and, you know, there's circumstances you can't control. Having one simple thing felt like, okay, I can do this. Three things I love. I think that when I was doing one thing and I still once in a while will choose one thing, I always felt like it needed to be not the most simple thing. Like right, I would never right. put a load of laundry as a one thing. Cause I was like, well, right. that's just kind of, of like background noise of life, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. I love watching you do three things. And especially when you share your examples on Instagram and I've started doing it myself, something like a load of laundry counts. It's mm-hmm. like, it can be, there's nothing that doesn't count. Literally mm-hmm. your three things could be get out of bed, take a shower, go for a walk like that. And, and if you've accomplished those things, then you're like, great. I have yeah. done everything I need to do today. And anything else that happens is just like either icing on top or like if it totally, you know, hits the fan, that's fine. Cause I did something, you know? Exactly. I, I, background noise of life, I think is, is exactly how you should think of the three things. Um, if you're extremely overwhelmed because it, it helps you realize that, oh, things are getting done. Like that load of laundry, you have to do it. It's so boring, but reminding yourself that you want to do it and then doing it is still satisfying. And I think that right now, again, when so much is unknown, when we don't, we don't feel like we have any control, um, it's, it's nice to remember through just the background things um, that we have some. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you choose your three things each day? Like what, because you, I just want to mention too, if people aren't familiar with you, which I think a lot of my audiences, I think we have some crossover, but you not only are the, the mother of your two children and a business owner where you're running like the day-to-day operations of a business, but you also are a, an avid crafter, knitter, seamstress. You love uh, making your own clothes. You love, you know, right now you're in the middle of the hundred day project, making these knitted, knitted squares. And so you're doing those. It's not, it's not like there's just one facet of life happening. Like you have 10 different projects. You've got new chickens, which I love. Like chicks are the best thing that could ever happen. You just planted a new garden. Like you're in this house with renovation of all the millions of things, like your list could be a million things long. How do you choose each day and how do you make sure that you're sort of honoring the different sections of your life that all mean things to you um, without feeling like you're choosing the same three that, you know, I mean, some people might feel like, well, my kids matter the most. So I have to, like my three things every day are going to be like reading to my children and, you know, doing their schoolwork or whatever. Yes. And that's such a good question. So I, I definitely, I do have a lot of varied things going on. (laughs) Something that I think I recommend if you're 
just went, whoa, so overwhelmed, um, is come up with something that is like a chore, like something that will make your living space feel a little bit better, right? Sweeping, windexing the windows. So one thing is a chore. One thing is something that it involves physical activity. So this could be stretching for five minutes. This could be taking a walk. And then one thing that feels like a fun thing. So this could be committing to listen to listening to that podcast that a friend told you, or it could be whatever, you know what fun is for you, right? So something like that. So that could be a good way to think about it if you're very overwhelmed. Um, what I tend to do, I write mine in the morning and I wake up, I'm sitting there having some coffee and I'm like, what do I need to do today? What do I need to do today? And sometimes it's something specific for work. So I'll put that down, you know, create a listing or take a photo of something or whatever. And then I literally, I look around and it's like, man, like those windows are terrible. I got to clean those windows. So I'll look around and, and then usually I can see something, you know, that that's usually going to be my chore. I can see something there. Um, and then sometimes I also think, what have I not done in the past couple of days? You know, like what is usually part of my routine? Like, you know, you mentioned reading to your kids and we're doing distance learning, of course, with my first grader. And I'm like, man, we haven't even looked at her math in a couple of days, you know? And so then I put that on there. So it's a good kind of catch-all to think about um, what would make me feel better like in my vicinity and then also like what what have I not been adding to the routine that I need to make sure I get in today that's another thing I, I like to think about I think of this maybe a little bit how I did when my kids were very little and I was trying to figure out how to make sure that they were getting all the nutrients that they needed mm -hmm. and I talked to a doctor about like well she only wants to eat this or that and they said don't think of it as a day-to-day -day. think of it as like a two-week span like some days a toddler doesn't want to eat anything. And then a couple of days later, they'll eat like triple. And right. some days they don't want to eat anything green. And then they'll, you know, they'll be onto it later. And just like, if you think of your life in terms of day by day by day, it's so confined that of course it's overwhelming because you have these de this deadline of like the nighttime right. that it feels so stressful. But if you allow yourself to kind of stretch that out to like, I, I can do three different things every day, but they don't have to be all from the same pot. Like yeah. as long as over a couple weeks or even a month, I'm getting in little bits of all of those aspects of my life that I need to do, but I also love to do somehow it all balances out and like not balance in the term that, I mean, you're not doing anything equal ever, right. but it feels like you're finding some wholeness in that. Right. right. I think that's exactly right. You know, when this all first happened, I was like, I'm not a homeschool person. That is not my thing. Like I Oh, you know, like I, I read something that it's like, you know, all these like type A moms or these Enneagram three moms, like they're like really motivated for their kids to succeed. And I'm like, wow, like, no, like, like, yeah, like, no, she's in first grade. Like she's playing with her sister. How can I interrupt her playtime with her sister to make her come do this worksheet? Like it feels just crazy and, and antithetical to everything I should be doing. So I think that a, a lot of it, like thinking about it as a week, week as a whole, I decided that we're going to do reading and we're going to do math. Everything else isn't going to count because I, I, I can't risk bumming her out on these like science. Science is important, obviously, but, right. but it's, it's, it's kind of like right now it feels very, very busy work and I can't bum her out on the busy work and then not have her feel energetic for the math work. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do. But like, again, like you said at the beginning, I would never say that someone else should do this. I would only say, this is one method that works for me. And I think that what I've been inspired by my entire life is not following people who do a path that I want, but incredibly inspired by people who follow a path that they want. Like, I'm like, wow, like she's doing something that she loves. That means I can do something that I love. I don't have to do anything related to what she does other than, you know, whatever is going to bring me 
that kind of joy that she has. I mean, it's just like such a simple truth that joy comes from aligning your own life with the things that light you up and you're, you just, it's, it's impossible to find it. And unfortunately, most of the messaging that we see is like, here, do it this way. Cause this is the right way, or this is the way that brings you joy. Right. But those answers can't ever be found outside of us. I've, right. I feel like, you know, you know, when you, I've said this for the last couple of weeks in a row on my podcast, I think that it's just something in my head that like, when you see, when you decide you love a car, you mm. see it everywhere, yeah. you know? Yes. Yes. So I feel like messages come to me this way in my life that I like start thinking about something and the universe just shows it to me everywhere. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really something I need to learn. For whatever reason, the last like three or four books that I've read, podcasts I've been attracted to, everything goes back to this idea of listening to your inner wisdom as truth, like the that ultimate truth. I just started Alicia Keys book. She has a new biography out and it's oh, cool. so far just like incredible. So I've listened to a bunch of podcasts she was on. And I mean, I admire her anyway, but it's just all about coming back to that truth. I read Glennon Doyle's Untamed, which yes. is the, you know, that's all that it is, is like, mm -hmm. you know what you need. Like it's, that's inside of you. And, and the world teaches us to ask someone else mm -hmm. and especially women like to, to say, Hey, is this okay? Is what mm -hmm. I'm doing? Okay. Is how I'm living. Okay. Rather than like, what do, what lights me up? What fills me with joy? And what, what do me and my family need? And being still to answer that question internally rather mm -hmm. than seeking the answer outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. It's just such a powerful practice. This like, we know we want to live. I love I love the idea of you saying like, I, I follow people that are living their own truth so brilliantly that I'm like, mm -hmm. I, I don't want your life. I want that joy. And that joy yeah. comes through me living my life that way. Right. And being Ex so true to myself. Exactly. Um, there's a book. It's a kid book. I think it's, you can put it in the show notes. I think it's called Chickapig oh. or Joe the Chickapig. And it, it's for kids. And it's uh -huh. about this. It's a Chickapig. So it's like a, Chicken pig? pig, pig, I guess <laughs> it's, it's obviously illustrated. Um, yeah. and he, he wants, he like lives on a farm and he wants this like cool life and, um, the, it's just rhythm and cadence and there's like all this rhyme and the, essentially what happens is like his mom is telling him a story about this like bear who's, who was motivated by this hummingbird, like finding her, her truth. And then the hummingbird found her truth by follow, like by watching this like lion. It's it's complicated, but the point is, all of these animals um, are motivated and inspired to find the job that's right for them by watching other animals find the job that's right for them. And so it's like it. you don't you don't like see an astronaut and want to be an astronaut. You see an astronaut and you're like, wow, I can be a ballerina. You know, right. and, and so I, I like love it. I read it to my girls and I like cry <laughs> and, and they're like, mom, like, why do you like this book so much? I'm like, this book is like, like this book is all that matters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so true. And it's mm -hmm. so good because I think I love that resource. I'm excited to like, look it up and order it. It's really cute. Yeah. I have no idea where it came from. Like, I think one of the grandmas, like, I don't know where this book came from. It's so good. <laughs> and you're so happy that it, that it, it arrived yeah, in your exactly. life. Well, and I just wanted to hearken back for one second to you're talking about the science thing with your girls and like one thing that just came to mind immediately was like we're doing gardens and chickens and outdoor play and like you, like collecting rocks and like what is I mean what is learning if not application in the real world and like I think that my kids learn more from having those experiences I mean definitely probably not from the video games which my boys do play video games but I think that a lot of I mean we go on walks every day like I think that understanding that like things don't always fit in the box that they're given to you in like science can be, I mean, science is the study of the world and discovering the world. And like math can be counting jelly beans or like helping you make cookies, which we've been doing a lot of baking math around this, these parts. So just like being able to kind of open up and expand a little bit of our ideas of what we think checks the box 
when it could be really different than what we think it should be. And just, I think that's one thing that the, that this time has taught me for sure is like, there are lots of different ways to get the same thing done. And right now we have to explore all of those. Exactly. You know, I, I, I think it's the same thing. And I think about, you know, when I was six years old, I didn't know anything about, we have chickens, you know, you mentioned that at the beginning. I didn't know anything about chickens. I didn't know where eggs came from. I didn't know that a tomato comes from like the flower of a tomato plant. Like I learned that at like 25. Right. <laughs> um, and so there, there are a lot of things. I mean, I think that that's so true that they can take it in. And I think to even just like the problem solving, they're coming up with stuff. They're building little houses out of cardboard. That part has been good. And I do think about, like, I, I, I wonder a lot, you know, our kids are, my kids are little and, and I wonder what will they remember from this? And another thing that really helped me, I saw this thing on Instagram and it was like a letter from a teacher posted on Facebook or something. And she was like, I can get your kids back up to speed. Like I can get them back to grade level. I can't heal them from like trauma, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, and, and so she's like, love your kids, like hug your kids, try to do as much as you can to eliminate stress and fear in your kids. And then let me catch them back up. Yeah. Let me do the teaching in the fall. I felt like that was helpful because man, <laughs> I'm not good at teaching this math. <laughs> yeah. It's such, it's such an important reminder. I think I've seen a similar thing and was like, oh good. That's advice that I will take and use. Immediately. Yep. Like yep. I can, I can create positive experiences within the walls of my home. That's something I try to do regularly anyway, for whatever reason that ha- that happens a lot, e- a lot more easily when we're not stuck on this particular, you know, tick by tick by tick schedule. Something recently. So I want to talk a little bit more about the three things. One thing that I wanted to say is that I've started to operate a little bit with my kids that way and allowing them some choices and asking them what are their three things. Cause they do, my kids are a little bit older than yours. I have a kindergartner. So she's kind of right in there with your girls, but then I have a third grader and a fifth grader and the third grader and fifth grader have like a pretty solid list from the school of things they're supposed to be doing and their teachers and stuff. And I'm trying to just like not micromanage that at all and say, okay, look at the list, decide on a couple things that you're going to do today and do those and just a lot like it's okay to let the other things go i feel like i'm trying to install or instill this idea of like you have choice and there are lots and lots and lots and lots of options but you get to choose and then you just try to follow through with the things that you choose i feel like that's been so helpful for them kids love choice anyway and also like reducing the overwhelm of you have all these things that you need to do but just like hey just you know choose a book choose a worksheet you know like you and then when we're done with that, then let's go back to playing and walking and whatever. Yeah, I, I love that. I think, I think too, so that reminder that choose three and let the rest go, I think is an important reminder for adults too. A lot of times I talk about the three things and I describe it in a way where it's like, eventually you won't need the three things because you'll be kind of up and running again. And I realized that I shouldn't, like, I don't, I don't need to say that because doing three things in this pandemic is great and enough. And I, and I think in the beginning, you know, March 15th, we were just inundated with like all of these ways you can improve your life and grow and change and take over the world, you know, during quarantine. And then there was like a massive backlash (laughs) to that where it's like, you don't have to do a thing. And that's also fine. And now we're kind of in this like, wow, we're going to be in this much longer than we expected. And so we're not going to come out these (laughs) <laughs> Olympic athletes, um, <laughs> enlightened beings. Yeah, like you know. So we, we've kind of realized, like we've kind of realized that, like probably we're not going to change our lives all the way. But also, this is going on so long that it's 
we have to do something. And so I do think that maybe that could be another way to think of it is the three things isn't going to change your life, but it could help you release some of the guilt you might feel from carrying around this list of like 20 things every day and getting nothing done. Let go of 17 and and just do three of them. Yeah. Okay. I love the way that you talk about breaking down bigger projects into smaller action items. So for example, I probably won't have one of my three things be redo my shed. Right. (laughs) So why would that not be a good one for people who are like, wait, that's something I was going to write on there. You know, like, yes. How do you break down a big project like that into an action item? Totally. So um, if I had redo my shed on mine, or if I wanted my shed redone, I might put on there, go into shed with a trash bag and like get rid of the garbage stuff that I don't need or go in with a box and get rid of stuff I can take to Goodwill later. You know, one part of cleaning the shed is going in and like purging some stuff. You know, the next part, it, so then that's, maybe that's day one. And then the next day you get everything else out of there that you do want to have. The next day you like dust and clean the shed and maybe you repaint the inside because it's so grungy. And then the next day you move back things and, and organize them. So that helps me because these days, I usually my kids would go to school, they go to daycare. So I could count on an eight hour chunk to really work. And now you can hear them in the background. I can count on, I mean, 20 minutes, you know, like maybe I, I, Mm -hmm. yeah, maybe like I, I do, um, I do things that last longer than 20 minutes, but it's a constant interruption. And sometimes I think my kids like see me doing the thing and then they need me more, you know? So, totally. yep. so, um, so I would always try to make it in just shorter things. And ideally you're picking things that you can be interrupted and it's okay. I think that will help too. Yeah. I love the way that you say in your book, you talk about like, if you get to the end of your list and there's something on there, that doesn't mean it automatically goes on the next day's list. I think this is the way we've been taught about to-do lists. Like you do as many things as you can, And then everything that isn't on, that you didn't finish, you just roll over to the next day or the next week. And then you just keep adding to it and keep rolling things over. And then you just feel stressed out all the time about these things that for some reason you're not doing them. And you don't ever think about why you're just like, oh, that's still something that's been on my to-do list for seven years. And it's just still there. And it's so annoying. Um, So tell us a little bit about the idea of like not rolling over your three things. Let's say you write three things today and you only get one of them done. Then what? Yes. So I'm a huge believer in to-do list, obviously, but also of taking things off. And that's because like you said, we don't realize how heavy and how demoralizing just bringing along the stuff we're never going to do is. And so I think it can be a huge mental block to carry around stuff you're not going to do. So what I encourage people to do, I talk about this in the book is to figure out what is your reason why this isn't happening? Is it lack of time? Do you not have the time to do it? Is it lack of communication? Are you waiting on something from someone else and they haven't given it to you so you can't get it done? Um, is it lack of interest? Which means you don't really want to do this and you put it on the list because you thought you should. And then recently I had a reader actually reach out and she was like, you know, I suffer from mental illness. And a lot of times my problem is lack of energy. And that's a great point. My lack of energy is situational. So I didn't think about how important lack of energy could be into not getting something done. And that's a really key and important one. Energy, if you have lack of energy, needs to be conserved and thought about the way that lack of time does. Um, You can only fit so much into your day and you can only fit so much into your energy level. So the point is to kind of assess why your thing isn't getting done and then decide, is something going to change tomorrow? Are you going to have more time tomorrow? Are you going to get that 
email that you needed from that friend? Um, are you going to suddenly be interested in this? You know, are, is your energy level going to spike tomorrow? And if it's not, if none of that's happening, take it off your list. Focus on something that you can do um, that is interesting, that you do have time for, and that you don't need anyone's help to get done. And then maybe a week from now or a year from now or in a decade, you're going to feel inspired and excited about that old thing, but you don't have to carry it along every single day until then. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a good reminder because again, I think that for those of us who even had training in, in terms of like making goals and smart goals and all of those things, I mean, some people don't, some people never really learned about how to set and achieve goals and how, like what a to-do list looks like that is like meaningful and fulfilling. But even those of us who did, like, I don't know that anyone ever said just take it off the list unless it's done. Like, you know, I don't think I ever heard that. I had to understand that for myself one day, like these things are just, all they're doing is causing me stress. One of the, um, the specific areas, and this is so funny, but one of the specific areas that I used to feel a lot of overwhelm and stress was in my, my works in progress or the sewing projects that I wanted to do. I'm a seamstress like you. And so I had collected over the years, like every you know month or two, I would find a new project, a new pattern, a new fabric that I loved. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. And I would like sketch it out and write it down, but I didn't have time right then to do it. And so I would like put it on the shelf as like, this is something that I'm going to get to. And this is something that I'm going to get to. And like those things add up. And then over time we moved to Richmond. I moved about 300 yards of fabric to Richmond because I had my stash and I was so proud of my stash and I had minimized like my whole life and we had, you know, downsized and I got rid of over 50, 60% of our belongings, but I hadn't touched my fabric because I was like, this is something that I like, I I just loved all of it. You know, I Mm -hmm. thought I did in my Mm -hmm. head. I loved it all. And I had never imagined that I could have the permission or give myself the permission to say, Mm -hmm. I love this, but I don't want to do it. Yes. I love yes. this, but it's not a project that I'm going to complete and that's okay. Yes. I finally got to that point where I was like, I'm carrying around every time I come to my studio, I have this beautiful studio, you know, that's like in a, in a building by itself. I can come here to retreat when I need to, I can come and sew and work and, you know, be creative. And it was filled. Like I would come in the door and be instantly hit by like all the 30 projects that I hadn't done yet that I'd been wanting to do over the years. And when I finally just said, you know what? I don't actually want to do these projects because every time I have a new project I want to do, that's the one I want to work on. So what I'm going to do is clear the backlog. And I just went through and just fabric after fabric and pattern after pattern. And I, I donated, you know, hundreds of yards of fabric to the local craft reuse center. It was this, the mindset change that like, I am so excited for someone else to be ex- as excited about these projects and this fabric as I was and yeah. am no longer. And it's yeah. okay to say, I can love something and not want to do it. And I can not check it off my list, but take it off my list. Yes, I totally. I think we underestimate how sad, everyone knows that getting stuff done is satisfying, right? Like that's fairly universal, but we do underestimate how satisfying it is to be like, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) It is so satisfying. Um, Have you read Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert? Love it. Yes. Yeah. She talks about, there's like that one thing where like she had this story idea. I think it was a fiction story. And then one day she was like, I'm not going to do it. And she like, let it go. Let it go. And then she later met that friend or that person who like received that idea. Right? And like ran with it and wrote the amazing book. And, And I just... Yes. I think that is so important. I think, um, we're talking about like literal, we're talking literally you're giving away your fabric, but I think like mentally and emotionally, this is how you beat FOMO is by saying that is cool. That looks fun. I don't need to do it. Like, I think you repeat that enough and you have experience with that enough and you, um, you can't like, 
you can't really hype yourself up. Like you just have to do it by practice. Like you just have to have experiences where you let it go or you love it and you don't do it anyway and you feel okay and life keeps going on and then you get better and better and better at it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is so true. It's so powerful to say, I love this and I'm not going to like, it's okay. It's yeah. okay to not do it or to, I, yeah. I, I feel like I've practiced this and exercised it for the last several years with, with consumerism and shopping. Definitely. I, I yeah. love things so much. And I'm like, I can love this and be super inspired by it and think it's beautiful and it would look amazing on me or in my house. Mm-hmm. And no, totally. That's how I go. Like I, I like, it's I love, I, I love color, like yeah. paging through the Pantone swatch. Like I just, I love it. I get excited, yeah. but I want like five colors in my house and in my wardrobe, but I also love color. Like I can do both. I, I relate a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Cause I, I think again, that's a skill that's not taught, like love something and I mean, in the terms of relationships, we think, oh, love it and let it go. You know, like yeah. that, there's like that cliche, but how often do we, th- I mean, I think people really think if I love this, I should own it. Or if I yeah. love that project, I should make it or, it, you know, and that's mm-hmm. not true. Like you, mm-hmm. and the same thing goes for any types of things that you want to bring into your life. Like you can love something and love it totally and still decide that it's not for you or not for yeah. you now, or that you're not interested yeah. in taking it on. For sure. And I think too, something I've been thinking about, I've talking about a little bit on Instagram lately is just this idea that, um, you can change, like you, you, you don't buy it today. Um, and it's gone, right. It sells out and it's over, but two years from now, you know, you see it again and it matters more to you now, or you want it now, or, um, it's important. It's important enough that you need it. I I think that there's always something better, always something that's going to click for you more like coming down the line. And if we can kind of try to remember that, it makes it less of an urgent, you know, have to, have mm-hmm. to right now. That's kind of the basic framework for an abundance mindset. Like knowing mm-hmm. that there's yeah. always something good. There's always yeah. something more coming. I have a good friend who talks about opportunities as the, um, the luggage thing at the, the luggage pickup oh, at an airline yeah. that yeah. like you really want to like grab it right then. But if you let it go by, it's okay. Like it's yeah. going through the little windy thing. It'll come right back around when you're ready for it. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to chase it. You, you don't, don't have to chase like- it. You don't have to <laughs> knock people out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. It'll come yeah. right back around when you need it. And I, I know that that, I mean, that has felt so true for me in my life in terms of responsibilities, opportunities, actual consumer goods, things that I feel like, you know, I, I loved for a while and don't anymore. Actually, it's just kind of ridiculous story was that I really, really wanted this Chesterfield, a Chesterfield. It was like an idea. I didn't see one that I wanted. I, I saw the idea of one and I thought, oh my gosh, I would love that. And so I kind of trolled Craigslist for years, finally found one, bought it immediately, put it in my house in Texas, loved it completely, moved it to Richmond as one of the few pieces of furniture that I was like, oh, I love, I love. And then, I don't know, a year ago or so, I was like, this doesn't fit anymore. I still love it, but it didn't, it doesn't fit our house. It doesn't really fit my current lifestyle, you know? And when Mm -hmm. I said I was selling it, I, I put it up for sale on Craigslist. And I had more than, I mean, I had like a handful of people, really good friends text me and say, what are you doing? You can't sell that couch because they knew the whole story and that I had like a history with it. And it was like, to, it was more sentimental to them than it was to me because they were like, we saw you hunt for it and find it and love it. And you know, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. And I realized like, yeah, I do. I mean, that's just an example of like, I, I do love it. And my circumstances changed and I can still love it. And so, you know, let someone else have it and find something else that fits for right now for this season. It's just empowering to know that like life goes on, everything is fluid. There's, there's good around every corner if we're looking for it and you know, we're going to be okay. 
Yes, I love that. I, all, all of it's true. I think, you know, I have 15 years worth of archives on the internet. And so I'll often hear from people that's like, what about this? Like seven years ago, you said this. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like um, that was cool, you know? And then I learned and now I think this. And, and, and so I, I relate a lot to that Chesterfield um, example because it can be so awesome and wonderful for a time. And then what's next? Like what's going to be the next thing that's awesome and wonderful for a time? Yeah. Yeah. So I think a lot about the solutions and creativity that we're exercising right now during quarantine, during this time. And, and I think that a lot of us did think it was going to be like a lot shorter of a time frame. We thought like, oh, you know, pop in and in March and pop out in maybe late April, you know, and here we are. And so I think that is, it is worth it. Like you mentioned, creating a reality that, that feels good right now, that is not the same that it was and is not the same that it will be, but that works for now. Like it's worthwhile to find a way to be motivated, to feel successful and fulfilled and to like bring that daily joy into our lives right now in the middle of this unexpected, unprecedented, you know, uncertain future. We don't have to plan months in, a he- months in, in the future. We can just find ways to make each day feel like we want to live it. And I think the three, the three things has been something that I've loved watching you do. And it has helped me feel like, okay, I can handle, I can handle another day. That's so good. Yeah. And absolutely. I mean, everything you said, I second for sure. Thank you so much for taking the time, even with your little girls at home and all the things that <laughs> that we have going on. I'm, I'm so happy to just like have a conversation with a real person that I love and admire. And I'm so grateful for you to spend some time with us. Of course. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Well, friends, that was so much fun. I hope that you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Elise and specifically learning about the three things. This is such a simple and easily applied tip that you can choose three things every day from the many things that you could be doing or that you think you should be doing. Just choose three and let the rest fall where they will. Check the show notes for all of the books that I shared in the Peaks of the Week, as well as the cute children's book that Elise mentioned that's called Little Joe Chickapig. I will link to everything in the show notes. I want to thank you again for being here, for being a listener of Live Free Creative. If you like the episode, I would love for you to share it with a friend or leave a written review on iTunes. You can also become a Podcast Plus member on Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash livefreecreative. When you become a member for just $6 a month, you get a bonus episode, including a worksheet, and you get to join our digital self-improvement book club that is super, super fun. I would love to see you there. Otherwise, I will catch up with you with another episode next week. See you later. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.